fun. Good afternoon and welcome to Lunchtime Series, proudly powered by Leadership by Design. CO, where we aim to add value to people's lives. You can listen to, uh, listen to us live every Wednesday and Thursday at lunchtime and uh, on ebizradio.com, where we talk about everything leadership, coaching, and marketing. And you can catch us up in lunchtime series on all your major podcast channels today. And I was thinking we should change the name to the evening show. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've had uh, load shedding yeah. and interrupted us three times to get this show recorded today so it's going to be a good one guys uh joining me as per usual our marketing communications expert and co-host craig page lee how you doing craig kevin yeah i'm great thanks always good to be chatting and uh, as you mentioned third third time lucky today chasing chasing electricity schedules and uh, power outages around town it's just really a pain in the butt actually yeah, Craig. You know, I, I know I'm 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 eagerly optimistic all my time. You know, all, all my life I have been since I was young. But there's just so much optimism that one can have uh, with with the load shedding. It's 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 you know I it's I was driving home trying to get back to have this recording, and a bunch of students were standing in a parking lot. Um, and they were doing exercise like um, aerobics class in a parking lot in the dark. And I was like, it just it just goes to show that, you know, no matter how bad it gets in South Africa, people make a plan. They were yeah. literally, they kitted out the whole <laughs> parking lot area of a, like next to a student accommodation. And they were, they were like hundreds of them or maybe 50 of them. They were all in this aerobics class doing aerobics in the dark. And That's I was incredible, like, hey. And, and so it's so fascinating to be able to see that as humans, as South Africans, we are capable of adapting and shifting and changing and 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 making life happen. But I I cannot wait for the ANC to leave power. <laughs> it's just you know, because it's not, it's not even a, it's not even a, you know, it's not even a apartheid thing anymore. That it's just, it's just cruelty. It's cruelty to people, you know, that, that, that we have to suffer the way we suffer. Um, Kevin, I, I honestly don't think that in the next 10 years, we're going to see that, unfortunately. I think it is, it's, it's maybe 15 years before there's even an inclination of a real challenger to unseat them it's just so rife with corruption bribery at a ground root grassroots level and just having the ground swell support that they have for the last 27 odd years that ain't going to go away for the next 15 years i think it's if, if not 20 years there there definitely will be parties that come close to challenging them and we may see you know the key oppositions changing over time and the only way that really will see a shift in power is if there's a, a strong, believable, authentic and, and well-structured coalition. But yeah, as, as single party representation, I don't think we're going to see that in our lifetime to tell the honest truth. Sadly, I, 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 you know, I hear that and I, and I think that's probably the case. Um, but what, you know, what, what I do commend is what I'm starting to see is people taking action. So they are yes. taking action. They're not yes. just whining about the ANC. They, 
because there's a lot of parties that just whine about what the ANC is not doing. <laughs> Very like, much so. Thanks for that, but you're not helping anybody by whining with us. Um, Correct. Show us what you can do, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, before we turn into a complete political show, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what, what's the reminders about the key takeaways for last week uh, that you can share with us? Yeah, Kevin, so, so last week we reviewed an article that was published by Global Payments, which is a leading payments technology company that delivers innovative software uh, and services to its clients globally. The report was titled 2023 Commerce and Payment Trends Report, Physical, Digital and Virtual Converge. Five trends that will change the commerce landscape in 2023. And it was compiled by 11 different contributors across the five trends that were noted and it was released late January 2023. And to set some context, Kevin, the, the five key trends that, that are identified as changing commerce in 2023 are noted as following. Trend one, social and live commerce are charging ahead. Are you tapping in? Trend two, tech innovation, blockchain, real-time payments, and open banking are taking center stage. Trend three is that digital currencies are accelerating as new use cases are emerging. Trend four, really interesting one, is biometrics are unlocking new opportunities. And, and trend five, dawn of the metaverse. And this is an interesting one because, you know, the dawn of the metaverse has theoretically been in place for a while, but I think there is a lot more lean into beginning to understand what the, the real potential of, of metaverse is, hence this new dawn of, of, of the metaverse. And our focus discussion was over on one trend only, that that being trend one, social and live commerce are charging ahead, are you tapping in? And the report notes the following as to why social commerce is, is a leading payment trend in 2023. And an interesting quote here. So social media is evolving. It's no longer just a place where people interact with friends. People, including your customers, are now shopping and buying directly from social media, including the likes of Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, and TikTok. This experience is known as social commerce, one of the top commerce and payment trends of 2023, and for a good reason. And as noted, uh, you know, our focus discussion covered that trend one social and live commerce are changing, at least charging ahead. And this is expanded across four other broad concepts that are listed as follows. First, social commerce, scroll, see, shop, and, and um, buy on social media. Number two, live commerce, streaming meat shopping was a really interesting point. Number three, consumer demand across the globe is growing and number four social and live commerce see now buy now so looking at concept one social commerce scroll see and shop on social media it notes that social commerce is selling goods or services directly within a social media platform like facebook insta pinterest and tiktok and it meets consumers where they are allowing them to make a purchase on social media rather than redirecting them into a business's or brand's website. Concept two, we learned that, yeah, it's about live commerce, streaming meets shopping. This, this concept notes that live commerce allows customers to buy products they see on screen during live streaming events, um, with a primary advantage being that the purchase is often completed in one simple click using buy links or QR codes that are shown on screen very much something that that uh, was evident in in the um, american football uh, game earlier this year concept three consumers demand across the globe notes that while live commerce is global it's the real greatest growth is evident in china 
the market estimated to grow to compound annual growth rate, take note of 58.3% over the next three years, Kevin. And then the final concept of the takeaways is, is concept four, which is social and life commerce, sub-principle of see now, buy now. This notes that the appeal of social and life commerce for consumers is the ability to buy a product as soon as they see it. To make it even easier to buy a growing number of businesses are actually embedding the payment links or QR codes directly into the social media posts and live commerce streams. And those are the key takeaways from last week, Kevin. Fantastic. Guys, if you want to go and check that out, it's on the Lunchtime series on uh, the YouTube and all your major podcast channels. Craig, so what are we, uh, what's up for grabs today and what are we, what are we chatting about? Kevin, so I want to continue with the theory of trends affecting the brands, um, businesses, and obviously actually our lives this year and into the future. And this time looking at another great report, which is published by Euromonitor International. And, you know, we've over the last two years um, covered some really great content from, from this producer. The report is titled Transform Your Innovation Strategy with Megatrends and was authored by Alison Angus, who's the head of practice innovation. Um, and then she had 10 sub-co-authors contributes to to the various points that are covered in in the report and the report was listed as recently as the 23rd of april this year kevin what's what's really interesting here is mega trends are defined as long-term consumer-driven trends that disrupt industries globally and the intention of the report is actually to show brands and businesses how to leverage those mega trends to actually stay relevant and competitive in these rapidly changing consumer-centric markets. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a this is quite a, an interesting thing, Craig, because you know, like if you if you follow the mega trends, you know, I don't know much about it, but what I do know is, you know, over a period of time, you could really see how how brands have been impacted. Um, from various factors. So I'm keen to hear more about it. Perfect. So so to start off with, I want to list the 10 megatrends covered in the report. Um, obviously, most, most influential megatrends throughout 2040. So you can see that these trends really have a long-term impact on businesses and brands. And these are listed as follows. So the first is convenience. Second is digital living. Third is something that will appeal to you immensely, diversity and inclusion. The third is about experiencing more. Fourth is about personalization. Fifth, premiumization. The sixth, the pursuit of value. Then shopper reinvented. Then sustainable living. And finally, wellness. So so what what, what trend stands out for you or trends stand out for you the most in, in, in the list there, Kevin? Well, I mean, number one, like it's an obvious uh, convenience. Like, that's, like if it's convenient, I'm probably gonna, I'm probably gonna want to follow it. Um, yeah. What also, what's what I think is really starting to, and I think maybe it's because I'm getting older and really, uh, you know, in a in a different place in my life, and and you know, what I want to offer in my in my business capacity is the pursuit of value, and I think nice. you know when you really start understanding what what value you can deliver in an environment i mean with 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 one of the clients you currently working with you know that the amount of value that that will come from that it's almost uh, you, you can't put a number to it right because the roll-on effect that eventually it will have um yes. will be so massive um and so um it will be such a, a compound effect that that will happen in that environment so the pursuit of value, I think that's going to be quite a, quite an interesting kind of trend to kind of look at. 
And I, I quite like that. You know, for me, what's interesting there is where's that fulcrum point of value in, in the various sectors across society as well, because each of them has a very different finite point where you're capitulating into the true value spectrum. Yeah. But but yeah, Kevin, the the I thought convenience would be the very first one that jumps out at you because you know we we talk about your online behaviors and shopping and instantaneous gratification and the likes of that so most definitely. But it is impossible to cover all of those trends in in sufficient detail in yeah. the show. So I'm actually going to focus only on four key trends today. And actually, these are the trends that stand out for me the most, but also. The reason being that they have some some intrinsic linkage to each other, or at least association with each other. And the first being digital living. Secondly, yes, the one that, that appeals to you, convenience. Third, experience more. And fourth, personalization. Yeah, I mean, Greg, uh, just on that point before you carry on. Um, digital living, I was going to say digital living, but I thought that was an obvious one because everything is digital, right? Um but it is, it's, it's smack bang in our faces right now. It's, you can't yes. get away from digital living. It's the it's yes. next best thing. Absolutely. But before diving into the detail behind those four trends, just I want to mention um, that Euromonitor International used their passport platform to track the detail behind the trends. Um, and again, the, the International Euromonitor International Passport is the global market research database that provides insights on industries, economies, and consumers worldwide thereby helping clients analyze their market context and identify future in, in, you know, trends that will impact directly on their respective businesses globally. And then the, the report also provides a, a really great example of a simple yet effective worksheet that businesses can actually use to identify which of the trends actually have relevance to those respective organizations and what the biggest impact on their business is. An effective application of the worksheet will provide to, quote, answers and opportunities that will help grow your bottom line. Great. But I mean, in general, why do businesses, uh, is it rely on mm -hmm. megatrends, reply on megatrends? Re re rely on megatrends, yes. Kevin, primarily for one single purpose, that of strategic planning and being able to move away from the default of reactive execution that so many businesses find themselves into one of actually proactive implementation, which is obviously on the back of thorough and rigorous strategic review and planning. And there's a great, great paragraph in the report that really brings us to life. And it, it goes as follows. A traditional market analysis helps you find gaps and pockets of growth, but you shouldn't base decisions solely off these insights. When you track megatrends, you're able to innovate for your customers and their evolving demands or values. And as you start to discover opportunities that could bring them long-term profit, in other words, the megatrends help direct the business along the right trajectory. So as a definition, the, the, the report also notes that megatrends are long-term. As I mentioned, you know, this is looking to 2040 at least. Um, and, and they pick up fundamental shifts in consumer behavior. They also tell you how consumers values priorities and preferences are continuing to evolve, um, which obviously informs their lifestyles and consumption choices. The characteristics can overlap and intersect, but uh, they can also be contradictory at times with megatrends often transcending economic fluctuations, um, but significantly shaping market direction, the competitive landscapes, purchase habits, 
And obviously the bottom of all of that is profits. But but these aren't overnight development, Kevin, particularly because they, they forward view of, of at least the next 15 to 17 years. Socioeconomic, technological, and environmental drivers are all underlying forces that actually shape and determine how these respective trends materialize. I don't I don't have anything for you, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to cover the four trends that I mentioned earlier, and obviously yes. starting with you know the the center point for me that being digital living, because this definitely sets the, the the perfect platform to experience the other trends. And the first things it opens with the following statement: Our world revolves around digital connectivity. Infrastructure is advancing at pace. Consumers expect in-person and online experiences to operate in tandem. Tech advancements continue to accelerate the digitalization of our daily routines from the likes of shopping, socializing, work, education, limitless. We're able to partake in activities online that were once only accessible in person and much more efficient at that. The shift to digital also paves the way for an inclusive global culture. For instance, take travel as an example. Trips abroad are less restricted because anyone can visit places virtually around the world. But what's really great about the report, Kevin, is it focuses on, on areas of innovation against each of the mega trends that were listed. And the focus areas for digital living are noted as follows. Firstly, it looks at the, the concept of personalized without compromise. And here, consumers expect digital experiences that are tailored to their individual interests. And this is where the big data piece really starts playing an important role as granular insights actually are required to ensure that that best personalization delivery is achieved. And the caution here is obviously against the whole aspect of privacy as, as this is really a key point you know, with the first and third party data. The first step for any business or, or brand in this regard is to build trust with customers, offering value in exchange for their information. And once that's in place, the likes of AI can actually step in and be used to create more personalized solutions and effective targeted marketing. The second focus area is everything on demand. And, you know, this is something that probably appealed to you immensely. On demand is in demand as consumers are wanting immediate and reliable options, which require speed. The key requirement here is to close that gap between purchase execution and consumption. And here businesses or brands will need to accommodate consumers that are accustomed to this level of service with digital integration being key to ensure that they offer access and flexibility across the entire customer experience journey. Right. So um, one of the things that stand out to me is the, you know, as much as their on-demand is becoming the the on-demand is is in-demand kind of uh, approach, um, isn't there isn't there a isn't there an area that we need to be careful of because um, you kind of that same behavior that we start having around having instant gratification we start applying to just about everything you know our relationships our <laughs> our, our our children our our work environments uh, you know and it becomes i mean if we look at you know the 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 gen z's and the millennials you know the instant gratification of like why should i work for you like they already question yeah. they already have that behavioral trait so as much as it is a, a mega trend i think we, we need to really like think from a you know how <laughs> It's, it's such a good point you make, and I, I think it's a perfect segue to, to the next point, which, which is the trend titled convenience. And um, 
convenience here really is not instant gratification. It's a fundamentally different point where in the opening statement, it brings a bit more clarity around. So yes, time is a crucial commodity and yes, every second counts. Um, and yes, they're always looking for fast and easier solutions, but efficiency, immediacy and simplicity make the core of this megatrends. Consumers are definitely demanding convenience across all aspects of their life from each touch point of transaction, whether you know, the world's becoming more complex, they still want to see the streamlining and, and, and ease coming through. But that doesn't mean instant gratification. Convenience is a different construct in that regard. But yeah, in reality, what, what, are, what are consumers expecting? Yeah, they do want access to everything. And they actually want it at any time and from any place. So yeah, you can see the construct of convenience being built in as opposed to the instant gratification aspect. Instant gratification is, however, a requirement but with minimal effort. And and it's about easier and more seamless experiences. And there, again, going back to that that sort of that fulcrum point there, there will be a fulcrum point for, for every single engagement where you're going to get to a point where it will become regressive and go back to more of the convenience as opposed to, in, in, my, in my belief, more of the convenience as opposed to the instant gratification. Yeah. Yeah, the, what's what's great here is the the focus areas for innovation um, for convenience are structured around two concepts. The first being pricing, and here convenience does come at a cost, but unfortunately, not everyone can afford it. Um, that said, many consumers are actually paying more for this advantage, but it goes without saying that you know the increased expenses do need to be justified, even if you have a segment of community that is willing to pay the extra price. Shoppers, however, can continue access benefits against price, which requires that businesses or brands need to create the solutions that are worth the level or the value of convenience. So it's not just about pushing out an offer and saying that you're bigger and better and more more convenient and charging more. You've got to ensure that the, the value drivers of convenience are, are evident and demonstrated. The second principle here is around simple solutions. And, and as we all striving to save time, brands need to understand the importance of convenience in making their consumers' lives easier. And to achieve this, they must provide streamlined, straightforward and effortless solutions with immediacy as an endpoint. And you know, a point that we've covered before in, in, in one of our dis discussions is the whole concept of subscriptions. And these are definitely opportunities to implement that sort of set and forget principle where yeah, businesses or brands really don't need to think beyond the fact that they're meeting the demands of physical products and, and services that are in place on a regular basis to support customers' needs, and they see this as a differentiator. Yeah, you know, the the more I mean, I know we've we've spoken about subscriptions before. Yes, but the more I you know pay attention to uh, <laughs> just very useful um, ways of making money. A subscription fee, you know, from a coaching perspective and from a uh, uh, just a, a cash flow perspective, really, from a small business. Uh, subscription would be ideal and that would be a simple solution that can just have that you know as a mega trend it's it's definitely something to kind of think well like how do i get people to buy in on a consistent basis and and what's great about the point here is is, is in in this the second concept around simple solutions yeah. focus on services that support customers needs as a differentiator yeah absolutely i love that
Yeah. So, so moving to the next trend here, Kevin, is about experience more. And, and this trend opens with the following statement. Experiences are greater than possessions. And, and here consumers, and we're seeing this very much in, in, in the Gen Z millennial space as well, where consumers are putting more value in doing than owning. And, and this in itself has created a much higher uh, um, standard of service. And we note that consumers won't settle for typical or basic because they want better. Now, it's interesting, better and convenience combined still doesn't mean instant gratification. Um, and the key point to note here is that it's about high quality it's about value-added interactions. It's about unique, captivating, curated, and, and entertainment-filled engagements with that product or service. And, and the beautiful concept is digital storytelling, incremental benefits, purpose-driven initiatives, and, and new formats that can actually lean in and attract more customers to the brand in question. But most important point here for me is that the entire experience has to be authentic but layered with sensory and enriched uh, um, experience as well. The focus areas for innovation um, around experience more noted as two. First, less equals more. And I've, I've always, yeah, as, as, as my architectural background, Ms. Van der Rohe, less is more is, is one of those principal statements that, that we all, yeah, it's like the act of perfection. Is, it's not what you can add to design to create perfection. It's when you can't take anything more away, you've got, Perfect. So in that instance, less is definitely more. But the principle here is about consumers wanting to get the best experience at the best price. And here, simple, no fraud strategy is, is absolutely the obvious route as value for money remains a priority. However, businesses and brands need to keep in mind their audience, understanding what their biggest pain points are, as opposed to just adding layers that actually don't add any value or benefits to the customer. The second concept here is about community and collaboration. And this is something that I know that, that will appeal to you. It's about customer loyalty is, is often so inconsistent, but creating communities amongst the very audience segments does increase that engagement and definitely does instill more of a sense of belonging. And a clever way to achieve this, Kevin, is to include shoppers and in product design processes or solicit some of their onboarding and, and, and feedback. And this, this definitely helps keep brands top of mind uh, with, with consumers as well. Yeah, you know, it's a human need, Greg. We need we need love and connection. We can't get past it. So the more we can connect, if a brand figures out how to do that really well uh, and keep them connected and in community, uh, they'll they'll be appealing to them at, at a whole subconscious level. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so moving to the final trend here, Kevin, personalization. You can see how these sort of link in, in, in the set that I've, I've selected. Consumers want bespoke products that accommodate their specific lifestyles. And as such, merchandise, services, or campaigns need to be tailored towards each individual's buyer's needs, their specific needs. Um, data here is key, as we mentioned earlier on, because being able to get the deeper understanding across the levels of, of, of consumers will be able to know more about, for example, know more about their health, nutrition, lifestyle habits and tailored products and services around that aspect of their life directly for this. This then therefore allows much more hyper-tailored options for customers with consumers seeing the benefits of sharing their sharing or trading their data for this information. And I know we it's a long time ago since we've touched on this point, but 
consumers really beginning to understand the power of their data and, and being actually able to trade off to ensure that they're getting better services, better products, and better immersive experiences on the back of that share. The area of, of um, focus area of innovation for this principle is actually around three constructs, Kevin. The first is competitive advantage. And, and here, the options for personalized products and services are definitely expanding with prices falling as tech improves, which is creating a very competitive landscape for many more brands. Businesses or brands, however, will need to differentiate their value proposition either through credible, authentic analytics and transparent methods of tapping into those unmet needs. The second focus area is about education and efficacy. While consumers' interest in products is, is always on the rise, interestingly, knowledge about them is often limited, which means that consumers are often still skeptical. Um, so targeting a broader audience requires education and transparency to generate those trust points. And one way to achieve this is, is through providing efficacy of the product or service in use and how it matches the respective individual's needs directly. And then the third focus area here is get ahead or get left behind. Um, and yeah, as we, as we would think that personalization remains a new segment, but it's definitely shifting to a much broader mass market with businesses or brands needing to invest if they want to play in this space, Kevin. And they, they should start with the tools that they already use, the likes of social media, run simple cost-effective uh, um, surveys or questionnaires that can actually be tailored and then create and develop uh, um, deep segment understanding for more effective personalized delivery, Kevin. Greg, it's so interesting because uh, I'm just listening to this these three points now and personalization. Uh, it becomes a key differentiator to a large degree. A large degree, and I mean, one of the couple of shows back, uh, <laughs> I think you used the word "be better than the best" or something like that. You know, it, yes, and in fact, that was Toto Wolf when we were looking at at um, how he manages his teams in Formula One, and he just made everybody look at the opposition and said, "Match yourself with the." person in the opposite role in the opposite team, at least with your role in the opposite team and be better than them, be the best. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's, that stuck with me um, to such a degree that, you know, I'm, I'm constantly, every time I'm uh, approaching a client, a, I mean, we just recently uh, pitched for a large banking Institute again, and I'm kind of going, what is that? I mean, it factor, what is the be better than the best kind of thing, you know, and, how do you get ahead uh, by being better? Um, you know, just being absolute better than than your your competitor. So it's it's a nice three sort of way of of really looking at just some reflection on what you, what you're putting out there. Yeah, great, great. So in in closing today, Kevin. What I want to do is already at the end of the show. <laughs> yes, I Thank know. Hey. Selfie. Okay, cool. Yes, yeah. please tell us what are the key takeaways. Yeah. So, so I actually want to cover this section from from the report titled "How to Use Mega Trends for Strategic Planning." And um, yeah, so it's a it's a really great portion within the report, and and the content provides really simple and clear approach on how to actually gain best value for your business by following four 
easy steps which are defined in the report, Kevin. The first thing here is, is identify and prioritize. And, you know, this is a principle that we've picked up in many of the other planning, strategy planning, marketing planning concepts as well. So identify and prioritize. So first, identify which of the mega trends are the most relevant for your business. And remember, there can be similarities and synergies, but also contrasts across the respective trends that you select. Most importantly, though, is keep customers top of mind. And the ones you focus on should always align with not yours as a business, but their evolving needs. But then on the back of that, your product portfolio and market dynamics, because that's where the match happens. After you've identified your top trends, prioritize, because no organization, Kevin, irrespective of size, can actually address more than three or four of the mega trends at once. And, you know, important to know that megatrends are powerful forces. Concentrate on a few that best appeal to your brand. So your product development, acquisition, and marketing plans are therefore positioned for success. The second point of, of, of the four here is about assess. Evaluate the impact of each of your sectors or product categories. Yeah, you need to understand the quantitative shifts of the top drivers, for example, population, internet access, expenditure, um, yeah, race, religion, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. These insights help you gain a much deeper understanding so that how your megatrends will evolve over time and begin by focusing on specific consumer needs per megatrend and look for some of the relevant campaigns or case studies to see how each is, is actually materializing in, in the market. Kevin. The third point is about build your innovation pipeline. And, and this is a great, great point. Once you've got that clear vision of growth potential in place, divide the opportunities into immediate and long-term pipeline. Um, this is very much a principle that we spoke about when we're looking at the concept of resilience in business as well. Start with the initiatives that the existing portfolio and capabilities can capitalize on with in, yeah, a limited investment in immediate traction and then plan for those longer term activations which require further exploration, often needing some investment as well. But all of this will help uh, future proof your brand. And then the fourth point here, Kevin, final point is about review and evolve. It's an iterative process. Consumer behavior and priorities are as dynamic and change, yeah. As, as the world changes and, and as we're experiencing the world, businesses and brands are ever need to ensure that their strategies do the same to meet the changes as, as we're evolving. Don't make strategy a one-time process. Again, part of that resilience conversation. Um, you'll be better equipped to compete and innovate for your consumer base if you pay close attention to and act on relevant megatrends. And those are the key takeaway points for today, Kevin. Fantastic. Mega trends, a whole brand new thing around marketing. I didn't know. <laughs> I get educated on a weekly basis. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Craig, um, thank you for the wrap up of, uh, of that for us. Um, guys, a quote for today. I was looking for something about resilience and uh, a, a nice quote says from uh, P. Kinsella's success is getting what you want, but happiness. No, that's not the one. That's not the one. We had that one last week. Yeah. Here it is. Enthusiasm is common. Endurance is rare. From Angela oh. Duckworth. And uh, it speaks oh. to exactly what you and I have been going through today. So thank you, Craig. Thank you for <laughs> the endurance. Because it's a, a rare find where, you know, other people would have given up, uh, you know, like three hours ago. 
<laughs> and yeah. we do it. We endure it. So thank you for that. Guys, if you want to catch the Lions Time series, um, please check it out on uh, all your uh, your major podcast channels as well as YouTube. Uh, and yeah, we'd love to hear any comments and shares and tell us what you want us to talk about, guys. Um, yes. We yes. love yes. some feedback and uh, yeah, we look forward to hearing from you. Craig, thank you so much. Yeah. And we'll speak to you soon. Yeah, thank you, Cameron. Have a great end to this glorious day. Thanks. <laughs> yes. Ciao, ciao, bye. bye.